0: You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunters of podcast. This is episode number one thirty-four. I'm Christian Babcock, joined by Jake underscore gaylord. What's going on, dude?
1: You asked me how what's going on every single time we start this thing. And each time it feels like I need to make that little small, like awkward small talk. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And you can just tell me how you're doing. Good. Good. Pretty good.
1: Fantastic. How about yourself?
0: When you ask me, I realize how awkward it is. See,
1: <laughs> and every single time I gotta like think of like this, this like
0: it challenges your joke making skills, it does.
1: It does. And a- after uh, whatever this is 134 of them, you're just like, man, I'm running out of lines here. They can't all be funny.
0: You only got so many one liners, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, well, for a large swath of the country, I assume about anywhere. anywhere worth hunting besides ohio season has wrapped up and we're in this crazy thing called postseason and the work doesn't end here but that's right before we we get started
1: do your little honey do lists and that's when the real work begins you just thought hunting and finding deer was hard no
0: (laughs) you got a list as long as your arm ready for stuff of home projects and things that you got to fix when you get home
1: Oh, you have nothing to do this
0: evening? I didn't say that. Football's still on, baby. Football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you excited that it's postseason? Are you glad the uh, you, you can actually sit in your chair for an evening and not feel uh, like you're neglecting those beautiful deer in the woods?
1: Yeah, so Abby and I ran to town earlier. and uh, You live in no, no, no. town.
0: How would you run to town?
1: It, it, figure, <laughs> it's a figure of speech, okay. It's a we of went speech. three
0: blocks into town.
1: <laughs> Anyways we weren't even running down we're actually running my brother's uh is my sister-in-law's birthday today and so we ran over there for like cake and ice cream and stuff but uh tomorrow we're uh she's off work and i gotta go to joplin to pick up some parts and she was like oh you know since since we're like both not doing anything we we can make a day out of it and i said well i'd like to be back in time to hunt this evening and i just kind of just let that soak for a second see if she'd catch on like oh hunting season's over just see if she would know and she was like oh okay like you you could kind of see the disappointment just like kind of just sitting there and all of a sudden she was like isn't it over and i was like exactly good she was like okay good (laughs)
0: Uh.
1: she was gonna let me but she was like man she's it's a good time for it to end that's for sure
0: yeah In in a weird way, it feels like it lasted a year, but it feels like it was also like a month. Um, So I'm happy that it's over. And for me, for you, it's a little bit easier to get out into the woods. For me, it's like a trip to Disneyland. Every time I go hunting, it's like a six-hour trip. So I'm very happy to not be spending like, dude, like $150 a weekend and go (laughs) shoot at a deer. Right, right. So we got... um a interesting episode. I don't know how interesting this will be to most folks, but, um, since season's over, we do have some things that we still have to accomplish for most folks that leave a bunch of gear in the woods. So we're going to talk about a post season checklist. Jake came up with these. I, I guess he's just a post season extraordinaire. So what's one of the, what's the first thing that you would focus on from a post season perspective? Before we get into that, I just want to ask you
1: one other question that I wanted to ask you kind of in the intro, but then I forgot uh are you burnt out like did you ever burn out this season
0: e- uh, yeah in the mid part of november mid so like
1: right now when season's ending obviously you don't have any any tags left but it's just like in a way are you glad it's over absolutely yeah i'm very I'm i mean
0: sure. i am um It's a little different when you don't have any tags, you're like, let's get, let's get on the next season where the tags were new, you know, it's kind of one of those sort of things. Um, But no, I think I, I think I have a a relational max on how much I can be gone and still uh, stay in this thing called a marriage. So (laughs) (laughs) um, those don't last nowadays. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Statistically speaking. No. Um, But I think that's more of it than me than the hunting thing. Like I would have no problem getting in the truck for another four weekends and just giving it a stab, you know, but there's nowhere that I can drive living in the central part of Texas that is going to get me anywhere near or this I can get to in a weekend. So right. in that sense, I'm very, I'm very glad that it's over. It was a, it was a great season, dude. I already got a text from our taxidermist that my buck I shot on October 1st <laughs> is done. It's a quick turnaround. It is a quick turnaround, but dude, that was that was two and a half months ago. No, three and a half months ago. So October, November, house, December. Yeah, yeah I shot that buck three and a half months ago. I can't believe that. Yeah, I already have a deer done, and season has been done for four days.
1: Get that money ready.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a nice little cha-ching for that's the, like the only bill
1: besides like obviously you buying your hunting license and tags. But that's like the only bill you're like, okay, with with paying. You know, electric water, like, they can shut that off. It's fine.
0: But like taxidermy bill? Mm. You, yeah, you hand over the taxidermy bill, like, gladly. You're like, take the money quickly and let me get back and looking at the deer so I'm not as <laughs> <Yeah. a> sad. <laughs> yeah. But when you put it in the in the truck and it's like a, a quality mount that is done the right way, you're like, I'm going to look at this every day. Mm-hmm. Every single do. day. And I, and I do. Yeah, I have five on the wall behind me. I showed Lauren the picture of the six by seven. She goes, "Uh, where are you putting that one?" And I was like, "Right on this other wall." And she said, "No, you need to pick which one you're going to swap out." And I was like, "So,
1: so where's the other one that you're swapping out going?"
0: In I guess in room? the trash okay. or the, do- or
1: the <laughs> Hey, y'all got tall ceilings. You could fit one or two or five in the living room.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm one of those guys that would not mind having, uh, like a spot or, or a room that you step in and you can't even like walk around it because there's mounts hanging off every mm-hmm. wall, but that's not aesthetic. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> back to the postseason checklist, Jake, as deer season wraps up, what's one of the, what's one of the first things that you think about doing that kind of gets you one, putting a period at the end of this season, but also kind of gets you started for the next season. Just get you rolling. So I learned
1: from past seasons that grabbing your trail cameras as soon as possible is like the best thing to do immediately after season, unless you're the type of person to like leave them year round and stuff like that. I'm all for that. But for me, I typically don't a, because it's like, well, what's the point of trying to take a picture of deer that doesn't have any antlers? Like, so what I'll do is I'll try to take them down. Or in this case on the private, uh, suspend my subscription that way it's not charging me through the months uh that i'm not really using it but uh yeah grab those take those down and especially the sd camera batteries after you take those down you make sure you kind of like take the batteries out because past seasons uh if you leave them out there and the sun gets to them when it gets pretty hot during the summer and they're old batteries they'll kind of either bust but we've had a few cameras ruined by that where it just kind of starts corroding like the rust and stuff starts is it rust is that what it is uh no no it's like literally like the the battery juice that's like very acidic or something along those lines and it'll like corrode and like eat away at those little metal things that the battery like uh uses the connect it to the whatever that magic is in there call exodus for all
0: i know i don't know i don't know how that works yeah, uh, one of the things, so last weekend, um, it was the last weekend of deer season. Went and shot a couple does on Jer's place, but I took I took your kind of advice as uh, this is a great opportunity to go grab all my cell cams, which subsequently had been dead since like freaking November, go figure. Um, a lot of that reasoning being that the Coons pulled out my uh, solar panel plugs, like they try to climb up on the camera and, and pull it out. <laughs> So that was one of the things that I did uh, last weekend right before the season ended. And what I found it was a good opportunity to do when you're pulling your cameras, you're already in some sense putting some intrusion on your place. Because I have trail cameras in spots that I'm not going to go to on the property unless I'm hunting with the correct wind. When you're pulling cameras, you're not necessarily, at least I'm not really concerned about the wind direction that much because I'm going in, I'm getting my cameras. These places are going to sit for nine and a half months before I hunt again. Right. right? So I took this as an opportunity to kind of do one last walkthrough of my, uh, my lease when the grass was kind of died down a little bit from what it looked like in the summer when it was all grown up. And I found a couple actually found a few new stand locations where historically this place has only been able to be hunted on the North wind I found a really good transition area between um, some bedding and some food on the north side uh, on some other private that I think I'd be able to utilize on a south wind. So I saw probably 30 acres of that 110 acre place that I had never stepped foot on just because I'm scared and I always do it before season. Right. So are you planning on like trying to go in there before all the
1: all the greenery starts growing back up and hanging to sit or are you...
0: Yeah. I think we'll do that in the summer. I think we'll do it in the summer once we go and uh, get all other sets cleaned up and everything. But I think that that's a good opportunity for a lot of folks. You know, if you're already planning on going and maybe checking some of those long-term trail cameras that you've been letting sit out for six plus months deep in the heart of your property, or you don't want to, it's not a place that you frequent very often do it in one big fail swoop when you're already walking in your place. And I think that would be a a great way to kind of kill two birds with one stone, especially in the postseason, you jump up a deer one, probably not going to have a rack or maybe about to fall off. And two, um, you're already in there. So I just think it's a good opportunity to do that.
1: Now, I guess there could be some people that, that are like really big into shed hunting because we've met those people that (laughs) seem like they care more about sheds than they do about actually hunting the deer. Yeah. And I mean, if you're one of those people, great. I mean, no big deal you're kind of crazy in a way but uh maybe maybe they have that mindset of I don't want to go stomping through there almost like they're they're going to be hunting it but they don't want to bump the deer before the sheds fall off.
0: You know what I mean? I mean that's a good point. Um yeah, you'd have to share my mindset of I'm not a shed connoisseur. Right. <laughs> One my eyes aren't trained for sheds and two um like we've talked about quite a bit is I would rather go walk a property and scout it than find a shed. Um, Yeah.
1: And that's kind of what we're planning on doing this upcoming February or March or whenever we go down there to try to shed hunt. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're basically going to, our shed hunting consists of walking and trying to find spots
0: and hoping to kick one.
1: Yeah, literally, (laughs) (laughs) literally. If one goes through my boot, I, I won't be mad, you know?
0: Yeah. We went last year, uh, we shot the total archer challenge and then we went shed hunting like for like one day after that. And they had found like sixty, they're like two days before, and then me, you, and Justin and everybody went, and we we're like, okay, we found two. What? And we walked for like eight miles. I was like, what's what the frick's going on here? I Do was, we just suck at shit hunting.
1: I mean, yes, but I was thinking that like they already hit it. They already hit that area for sure. I feel like
0: they missed two at least. Well, <laughs> shame on them. Now neither of them were worth picking up, <laughs> but well. um, no, I. Yeah, take that take that how you will. Um another thing on the camera front um that people probably aren't thinking about that I think can be extremely valuable especially in the era of content creation and people wanting to make hunting videos is taking um all your SDs from that you've been using this year and if you're anything like us you probably haven't cleared them, you know, you take them out of one camera and you shove them in another one. Or whatever yes. you like to do, uh, they're in a cup holder. Like they've probably been. You you were wondering where a bunch of our SDs were, and you're like, <laughs> all right, I found eight in a cup holder. Like, <laughs> no,
1: literally. Uh, before we were scouting scouting Kansas this summer, we were like all fretting because it's like, man, we're gonna have to go to Walmart and buy and buy like 13 SDs before we can even go up to Kansas. Like, and we were all complaining because like we should have had all this figured out beforehand, and. I was like, well, no, you actually told me, you're like, well, go look in your center console because last year when we were hunting public, like that's where a lot of them went to is like your truck. And I was like, man, I'm pretty sure my my truck's clean, but I'll go look. I empty out my center console that's filled with nothing but like receipts and papers. And at the very, very bottom, there was like literally eight. And I was like, never mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So fine. Long story short find those SDs that are in your bottom of your cup holder or your center console. And this is a great opportunity to either on an external hard drive or your computer hard drive, start creating folders for each one of your spots where you're hunting. And what I like to do is label it by year. So like I have trail cam picks 2023, I click on that folder and it opens up, you know, 110 acre lease or, um, you know, Kansas public, and then break it down by spots and folders. And, uh, start dumping those photos. And for us, we use cell cameras with that capture video. Some of the tacticams that I use capture a bunch of video. Um, and I just pull those videos from subsequent years and drop them in those folders. So I have them because a lot of times what will happen, especially if you're interested in creating like hunting videos is it can really help support a story. And even if you don't, do videos. Um, it's really cool to have those, that data from year after year and be like, check this book out as a four-year-old. Like, look at this video of him or look at this picture them. of him. Yeah. And it's just like a, it's a really cool way to do that. And one of the things about that is what will happen if you don't organize them by year one, you can store them on your phone all you want. We've all had the incident with the iPhone <laughs> Where you're like lost all my pictures or right. lost lost all my contacts, and if you do that on your phone, you're gonna lose them unless you back them up some way.
1: Something you could do though, and what I've seen some people do, and I tried to do before, but then again, it just gets like too much because there's, uh, is once they're on your phone, a lot of people like to create like a trail camera picture and put it on on X l- like a pin, and then upload the pictures from that area to that little pin because I guess you can do that on the on X app mm-hmm. and, uh, and you can kind of storm there, which is kind of backed up in a way because if you lose your phone, you can still log in to on like your computer and they'll still be there.
0: That's a good point. Um, but regardless of how you do it, whether you put it on OneDrive, Google photos on your computer, hard drive and SSD, whatever you want to do, you're gonna, it's, it's kind of tedious and it's kind of kind of time consuming and it's kind of a pain but i promise you next season when that buck that you have three years of history with comes by and you're like oh i I got this picture of him like or you'll be showing your buddies all spring like i hope this one shows back up or when you're shed hunting you're gonna want to want you're gonna want those pictures
1: yeah well how many times have have uh you and your buddies been talking and just like hey do you remember that uh diablo buck from you know 20 2017 or whatever it was and you're like oh yeah no but i I remember that book, but I don't uh, I don't know what happened to the picture. I don't have it. You don't have it. And so basically, then it's just a memory.
0: And that sucks. Those are, are cool. Yeah, yeah. But there's a, a good example of this is uh, you shot a mainframe 12 on public. I had a sick trail cam picture of this deer um, on my computer. And this is why I say to use like cloud storage, like OneDrive or Google Photos better than a hard drive. Cause you shot that buck. We didn't find him, but we always describe them. We're like, you know, 12 inch twos, 10 inch threes. And I'm, you're like, we're always like, do you have the picture? And I'm like, no, I don't have the picture. And we had, I had crystal clear pictures of that deer. And it would just been really cool to, to have that picture and put the memory with it. But we don't know because we weren't diligent. So this is the time to, to kind of stop and be diligent, especially if you want to preserve multi-year history with a particular deer. So what you're saying is learn from our mistakes. Don't do if what that's in case do. you
1: have a lot to learn. <laughs> you're All never right. going to run out of fuel.
0: The Hunter's Advantage podcast is powered by Out on a Limb Manufacturing. Out on a Limb is a family-owned company based right here in Oklahoma that makes tree stands, saddle platforms, climbing sticks, and so much more.
1: Christian, I have a quick question. What's that? What might sound harder, a hippo or an alligator? No idea. It's a trick question. The Ridge Runner 2.0 bites harder than both of them. But all jokes aside, we use these products all across the land on public or private. These help us get into any tree we want and hunt
0: where the deer actually are. Most men go to the grocery store for their meat, but these products help you go to God's grocery store. I have used the Out on a Limb Ridge Runner 2.0 and the Shakar Sticks for the last few years hunting public land bucks. And I've actually shot several bucks out of this setup. If you want to support the podcast and get some Out on a Limb equipment, make sure to go to Out on a mfg.com and use code H-N-T-A-10 for 10% off at checkout. Once again, if you want to support the podcast, Go to out on a limb, mfg.com and use code H-N-T-A-10 at checkout for 10% off. Now let's get back to the podcast.
1: Moving on to like the blinds and the tree stands. I want to take blinds because I actually have a pretty funny story about that. All right, let's hear it. Pick up your blinds. And if you're anything like us, well, exactly. If you're anything like us, like us, uh, we don't have any rednecks or anything like that. So when I mean, pick up your blinds, I mean like the pop-up blinds, like I hunt in, like you go up there, pop them up, stick them down and hopefully it holds for the season. It doesn't have the time. But, uh, there was one time I bought my very first pop-up blind. And of course I'm still living back with mom and pa. And this was, this was years, years ago, like possibly before I could even drive. And been a while. I was out back behind my house hunting my neighbor's property, which he allowed us to do. And I set up a blind and I just left it there after the season. Well, one, like it was like in the springtime, you know, and here in Oklahoma, those winds can get pretty fierce and stuff like that. Well, one day my mom was like, Hey, your blinds in the backyard. And I was like, what are you talking about? That thing Blew through like two pastures over two barbed wire fences and ended up in our backyard. And it it was tore up to heck. But I was, was going to say like, any holes. Oh, it was it was ripped to shreds. But I was like, well, at least I don't have to go get it now.
0: <laughs> God created some uh some like new shooting windows for you. Yeah, yeah. So uh get your blinds
1: because you might not get as lucky.
0: Yeah. Um one that I was just thinking about that's like from this season about leaving a tree stand so we hung uh, a tree stand on a piece of public land and uh justin went we forgot by, about it by the way we forgot about it it because had been there for we know a long time
1: we, yeah we know you're supposed to take them down and you're not even supposed to leave them on public but this one we did forget about until this happened so i just want to clarify
0: yeah that. um so justin was hunting this november on this piece of public uh, which is my uncle but he uh he called me and he was like, yeah, I saw a big buck on the spot. And I was like, cool. And he said, uh, yeah, you used to have a tree stand up there, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, like, you know exactly where it is. Like, you you know where that is. You shot at a deer right there. And he said, uh, well, I found the tree stand, but it was on the ground. And I was like, how was it on the ground? There's no steps up to this tree. There's no screws into the, it's just a suspended tree stand that you'd have to kind of bring your own climbing sticks to get up and get and Justin said, "Well, there was a fire in this area, and it burned the straps of your tree stand, and it's on the ground." And I was like, "Dude, the tree stand was fifteen feet up in the air At minimum, least, yeah, minimum. So there was a 15 foot flame that burnt through a heavy duty strap and a ratchet strap on a tree stand, fifteen feet up in the air. And so you think about that um, get pretty hot <laughs> Yeah." I don't know. I guess assess your area for natural disasters, but if in case of a nice fire, you really could get a tree stand burnt up. And that happened to us. Or another thing, too, is anything left on public land. I know you're not supposed to. And I don't know the regulation in every state. So I don't want to make a blanket statement, but for the most part, you probably shouldn't. Um, There's a good chance that people can justify stealing your tree stand post season. Like, oh, somebody forgot about it. You know, that's coming home with me. Or I'm gonna take that stand and move it. You sound like you're saying this from experience. I mean, I might have a couple in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, jokes, jokes. That's a that's a really good reason to take care of your stuff. By the yeah. way, um Biden bucks aren't getting any cheaper, so take care of the stuff that you already have.
1: Oh, that and, ain't no joke. And you
0: won't be looking for stuff on sale. Especially
1: those SDs, dude. Like, I know. At least I buy the on ones like O N N, and they're like, I don't know, like they're cheap. Yeah, they're 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 a lot cheaper than the ones that like they sell actually in the hunting section of Walmart. Uh, but yeah, if those things get any more expensive, it's like, man, we might need to go back to the old, uh, that old cassette tape stuff where you got to take them into Walmart to get it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Produced. If they get any more expensive? I'm just gonna leave my camera out there running on video. Yeah. Plug in a solar panel. But I think that's I think that's all. Uh, did you have anything else on on tree, blinds and tree stands? It's uh, this is a, a great time to pull your stuff and take care of it because if not, you're going to be replacing it.
1: Right. Uh, so blinds and tree stands. Next would be anything else that you kind of take out to the woods with you. Meaning bow hangers. If you film and you leave your uh, your camera arm out there strapped to the tree. Grab that thing, take it inside. It did work for you this season, hopefully. Not for me, but maybe hopefully for you. And uh, yeah, and plus, especially like on public, I know a lot of people do. They still use those screw in bow hangers. Take those out of the tree because it could save some people some money, especially if you're hunting areas that get clear cut and those trees go to a mill where they get cut up. And if you have a piece of metal sticking in, a tree that's going to damage some blades so just be mindful of that
0: or or some uh, lumberjacks going home with a nice little bowhanger
1: yeah that's true that's true
0: that can happen too um especially for the folks that are hunting public um i would hope that you would do this on private too but it's easy to have a bunch of kind of trash and just nasty crap accumulate whether it's in your tree stand or you're blind, and naturally that stuff kind of blows around the woods. And I think it's just good stewardship to, no matter where you're hunting, leave the place a little bit better than you found it, because there's enough crap <clears throat> blowing around the woods. Like every day, I live out, I don't live out in the country, but every day there's something in my freaking yard that blows in from my neighbor's yard and <laughs> pisses me off. So, let's just Sharing's keep the woods sharing. a little bit. Yeah. Keep the woods a little cleaner than, than when we uh when we went in. I think some of the stuff that you had put was like um the estrus dough drippers. Like I know it's easy to throw a can of that uh that like spray that people put on their feet right. um, for like the rut. Just throw that at the base of the tree and leave it. Just please, I beg of you, just pick everything up that you brought in.
1: So this one, I I didn't know whether to put it or not, but what do you th- what's your take on like feeder batteries, like the batteries that you put in your little spin feeders? Mm. Do you, do you ever take those out or?
0: No, I you don't. don't. You just leave what, them? Well, this is what inevitably happens though. Every season we use those 12 volts for those mm-hmm. feeders. Cause we have some pretty big ones. Um, and every season, um, inevitably when we open up the compartment, like the, where it's got the screen, you know, the display and stuff, It's full of wasps, and we have to, like, beat, like, dirt dauber nests off the battery post, to, like, put them back on. But what's really good um, about those 12 volts and the solar panels that they put on these new feeders is um, they seem to be freaking pretty good. Like, those 12 volts will last, like, a few years if you have a solar panel. So
1: do you just let it run even without corn every day? I don't – yeah, I actually do. I mean – it wouldn't be the worst thing i mean especially if the deer are already used to a a weird sound going off
0: it i think it's better than leaving it there and letting it uh just kind of atrophy and clog up you know what i mean i think like dirt or i don't know i just think having it moving probably keep it in a little bit better shape you're probably right on that uh we got next we did blinds. We did cameras. <laughs> what? You got a good one?
1: Wash your damn camo. <laughs> I know a lot of people are against that. And Carol is one of them because. Is he? Oh, so we had this conversation in Kansas and it was early season Kansas. And. Oh, no. For those that don't know Carol, he wears one pair of pants. And <laughs> I, I mean, we all do. And but, they don't fit. <laughs> but his pair is like the fanatic, like bottoms. And so it is, I assume it gets spicy. And even that man can be, he gets a little swass in there. <laughs>
0: he, yeah.
1: He has swass 24 <laughs> seven. So I'm just saying, like, like Carol, Carol has once told me he's never washed any of his like Sitka. That's why the and deer like, are avoiding him like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, apparently I need to not wash him. He, he got to this year. So, uh, no, like me, I'm not like, like, I don't care. I'll wash. Sitka, I'll, but I'm weird about it. Like I'll wash it all in one load, like together, just so I guess stuff doesn't get separated. But I'll use just regular detergent and then
0: go about my business. I mean, nine months later, it's not going to smell like a daisy.
1: No, no, and that's the thing. Like because where we hunt and stuff, it's like you're going to sweat, even if you do the most scent-free thing. By the time you take five steps out of your truck in the early season, you're already going to be sweating scent and that's not even including once you get to your tree, packing in all that crap, you're going to get moist. You're going to get a little bit of odor on you. So like, it's not going to hurt you putting a little bit of soap on that bad boy and throwing it in the dryer. Maybe not even throwing it in the dryer, but like put a little bit of soap on it before you put it up. Cause if not, all you're doing is taking three to four months worth of sweat and probably mildew at this point, And you're throwing it in a tote and saying, see you next season.
0: Ferment baby. literally. Literally. <laughs> i think that's a good point um because and i agree with you on the soap thing one time a year like after uh after post or after season so post season because um you ain't getting some of those smells out with a scent away detergent oh god um trust me i've tried to put some scent away over some bo and then i'm like yeah scent kind of away it's not (laughs) (laughs) it ain't all the way so i think one good uh one good wash a year with soap is good. And uh, one thing I would add to that is I always air dry my Sitka stuff. Um, I do too. Just because I don't like ripping. I feel like it rips uh, like threads and stuff to tumble it in the dryer. And um, that's some really good Merino like wool gear. And so it's fine outside air drying. But we probably just pissed off a bunch of Johnny Eberhardt like scent guys that wear like the scent suits and hunt with the I wrong mean- wind direction.
1: If it works for them, great. Like if 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 that's what they want to worry about. But the thing is, is like half the time I probably go, especially in Kansas. Like as much as we drove and had to like fill up, I bet you I smell like gasoline mm-hmm. most of the time. And it's just like it, if you worry about that stuff and you try to hunt as at like as much as possible, it's just like you, especially by December you're going to wear yourself thin. I couldn't imagine.
0: There's been clothing that I've put on. To go hunt and I'm like, God, I'd rather buy, <laughs> I'd rather buy a new piece than wear this out. Like you already smell like an onion on the yeah. way. I, I wonder if you're like wild onions because that could be why I'm attracting them. It's disgusting. Please wash your stuff. Oh, by the way, um, you get a lot of dirt buildup in that's like, you could probably wring out some of your garments with freaking dirt by the end of the season. It's probably good to get rid of that. Cause my stuck my camo like starts to turn red by the end of the season mm. so because of the red dirt. And you wouldn't use, I bet I broke a washing machine with as much dirt <laughs> as I've had in some <laughs> <of this> stuff. <laughs> uh,
1: that's awesome. No, uh after we turkey hunted at Jesse's, uh I accidentally like accident lazy, whatever you want to call it, I didn't wash my stuff and like kind of like you said, the red dirt and uh we were like spot and stalking. It was the year you shot that one that we got on film. And like you said, like my knees were like covered in red dirt and I just threw them in that tote and just left them. Cause I was like, you know, I, I use them for like two days. It's whatever. And when I got them back out, like literally the knees were like pretty much stained red. And I was like, cool. Awesome. I mean, yeah. it's fine. I mean, hopefully people think it's blood and think I'm a killer. So
0: that's true. Yeah. Give them a wash boys. Yep, Please. Yep. All right. What's next? Um, something that I did recently, which is clean out your truck, um, mm. SDs out of the, uh, out of the, um, uh, cup holders. I took out, um, you might find some loose cameras in there too. I did. Yeah. Trail cameras. Um, I took out some paracord, took out some baby wipes. I found like a, uh, another lens for my camera that I've been using SD cards, uh, for my camera. Oh, coolers out of the back of your truck. Dude, I found a broadhead in the back of my truck. Um, in the bed. <laughs> it's just like sweep you find it out the and most run over it later. Crap. Cause when you're at deer when you're at deer camp, especially on public land, like your bed of your truck becomes a trash can. And so people are like 20 feet away from your bed with a Red Bull can like Kobe, you know, just throwing <laughs> it. And so I just naturally find like fishing bait or just something stupid in the back of my truck that I did not put there take that kind of stuff out or you should live in
1: town kind of in a shady neighborhood. You just find random beer cans in the back of your truck and you're like, at least they didn't throw them on the ground.
0: Yeah. No litter bugs. (laughs) No litter bugs. Yeah. That's, Uh, that's what I would say about the truck. I, I tend to leave like a bunch of clothing in my truck too. Like I try to take the minimal amount of stuff out.
1: I have. So (laughs) whenever we get back from our little two, two week rotation, I literally had, I think seven sweatshirts just, piled in my back seat. And I didn't know it at the time because I had my, my back seats folded up. And that's where mm-hmm. they were all like smushed is between the seats. Literally had seven sweatshirts. And they weren't camo or anything, obviously, but like I was like, man, where, where's all my sweatshirts? Cause this was like a week after we 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 get back. And I was like, I guess I lost them all or something. And I look and I finally found them, folded my seats down. There were seven.
0: Hmm. Well, for people that have been hunting all season and they're worried about cleaning their truck out you might get all like your Hunter's Advantage merch out of your mm, truck. It might be good. like, it might be like piling up, you know, you might have Hunter's Advantage hats, like piling up on the dash. Make sure to get those out. You don't want to stain those or you're going to have to go to Hunter's Advantage merch.com and get another hat or a shirt. I mean, you might as well anyways, but what I'd recommend is
1: buying one of each that way you can, or maybe even two of each that way you can have like one set of rough and dirty and like, Hey, I want to get deer blood on this weathered. thing. And then the next you know, you have
0: an, a clean set for date night, you know? That's true. Now that I think about it, you should leave that thing in the sun on your dash and, and get another one on <laughs> well, your beautiful pristine. I'm just saying, I I have two or I guess four hats.
1: There's like two black ones and then I have two of the same camo ones. One hat I've probably used for two, two years now and this because I got two because I was like, you know, I'm going to use one as a nice hat and use one as like, my hunting hat it's going to get beat up it's going to be a fly swatter it's going to be like if if peyton's pissing me off he's going to get smacked with it and that thing's been rained on and i'm not Sweating. trying to go like like yeah like i oh no, sweat through multiple times but nonetheless that thing is still holding strong and i have like a whole hat rack on my on the back of my door and there are times where i'm like which one's which <laughs> Like, I have to, like, really look at them. I'm like, which one's a good and one, which one's
0: one that probably smells like butt? And so I'm just saying, they're quality. If you like Richardson 112s, it's like the infamous hat, leather patch, quality, boys. They are. They are. Quality. Um, if, you don't, if you
1: don't think we're, they're quality, send it back. We'll give you your money back, but I can guarantee it.
0: That's true. I'll wear it. so what's uh what's wrapping us out here um what do you what else Uh, you got what's the last thing you got for a postseason checklist
1: um so this would be more kind of along the lines that you were saying kind of like store your pictures on like a cloud or something but this would be update on x or whatever mapping software you you use because kind of like we run into a lot of times uh especially just right before season and then right when season first starts like on 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 the public land we, that we usually hunt cameras are kind of getting tossed around and moved different places and pulled by different people that's that that's hunting those spots and sometimes you lose track of like if we pulled that camera or not because especially in like the mountainous area kind of where we hunt uh you could be like you could have a pin on that camera and if you don't know the exact tree it's on, then you're probably like really not going to find it because every tree basically looks the same. But uh, yeah, update that. And so when you go to pull your cameras, if you want to use – like if you don't leave them out there all year long, if you want to uh, like keep that spot but just pull pull the camera – keep that on X pin there of the trail camera, but maybe change the color to a different color. So, you know, like, Hey, that camera's pulled, it's inactive and then move on. Because if you go to pool, let's say you have 20 cameras and you go to pool and all of a sudden it's like, Hey, we only have like 17 here. What's up. That way it'd be hopefully a little bit easier to kind of backtrack and see, Oh, we missed this camera over here. That way you're not backtracking to 20 different spots.
0: That's a good point. I think another thing you could do within the actual app is um, if you pulled all your stuff and you plan on going to a new area or you plan on hitting that area back again, delete your unused spots that you're not going to hang a camera True. again because you will light up your Spartan Forge or your Onyx or your Hunt Stand, whatever app you use. You will light that thing up like a Christmas tree, and it will start with all those camera symbols, all the different colors. You will start wondering, is it here? Is it? Is it this one? Get when a little that overwhelming. Point out, it gets very overwhelming. I mean. I've got one WMA lit up literally like a Christmas tree, every color, you know, one thing that we do every year is like when we put out camera, we choose like a, uh, a certain color for the year. Like we're going to say, Hey, this year is going to be white. So we're going to use cameras with white, but you forget year to year. 100% or you're like walking in
1: the summer. It's super hot. And then one person's phone dies. And then they're like, mine's at 5%. I got to hurry up and lay this camera down, you know? So, we know it's here and they end up doing it in red or something like that. Just the, the default color. So, I mean, it ain't, it ain't all going to be perfect, but just make sure your ducks are in a row.
0: Yeah. Anything you can do to make sure that uh you got everything figured out and uh, we'll make a better experience the next time you go to put them out.
1: Also what I do sometimes is like, if there's an area that, or yeah, an area that you kind of hunt, typically around but you know that like hey i already checked out this spot and it's like i never want to come back here again what i'll do is i'll put like a black x like in that spot where i'm like okay i've already seen that spot and i don't like it and i know i don't like it could i shoot myself in the in the foot in the future maybe but that way it's just like you, you don't get two years down the road and it's like hey when you go check out this spot and you can look back on that and say, did we check that or not? You see that black X, you're like, we're not going there. I can guarantee
0: you. I do that with like uh, entire deer units in Kansas. I say, no, never <laughs> again.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know how many of those little weehaws we checked off.
0: Yeah. It was nutty. Yeah, you walk up to a wee and there's a, like 80 head of cattle on it and there's not a single tree. You're like, this doesn't look like a deer hunting spot.
1: Are you sure Whatever. this is wee Yeah,
0: Yeah, um, man. Can't believe it's postseason. It, that's uh I think we had a pretty comprehensive checklist there for people to uh check off. Oh. And you got know, one more? Well, well yeah, one last thing.
1: Wax your bowstring and then oil and clean your rifle. Especially all you rifle hunters that also do a little bit of both. You're like, hey, I'm gonna take my rifle like two days. You put your hands on it, do that stuff, you throw it back to the gun cabinet, finish out both season. You're like, I forgot to clean it. Next thing you know, you Next season, you pull it out, and it's like there's rust on it. It's
0: like you know I could have prevented that. Yeah, and if you don't want to spend 150 bucks on a brand new bowstring at the in August, make sure to wax your stuff. Make sure to not keep it in your freaking garage. That's Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, as it starts to heat up, you know, throughout the year, that string can stretch, and uh, it can affect your shot, can affect your timing, can affect your tune. So just uh, store your stuff wisely. I mean, stuff will last if you take care of it. I mean, that sound like my grandpa. I promised myself I would never sound that way. But
1: <laughs> now. Well, that's what happened to me in uh, Oklahoma Public Land this year. Like, I shot one right over the back, and I think it's because I left my uh, <laughs> bow out in the truck all night, one night. So. Is that, right? that that was it? That's what I'm telling myself, yeah. But anyways, continue.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I can't believe season's over. It, it's going to be here before, crazy. Uh, before we too before you blink again it's going to be here again
1: i would i would go to say that the off season is the second best time to like be a hunter yeah as crazy as that sounds because i mean i I know what you're thinking like there's only two times that like you know you got you know season and then off season of course it's going to be second no but what i mean is like besides shooting a deer and and i i guess recovering it what's the what's the second best thing I'll give you a hint. It's called Christmas morning.
0: Finding one, finding one on a trail camera. Yes, yeah. Is creating that not a personal the best ven- feeling, creating a personal vendetta in your mind against a deer, like like <laughs> like they took your lunch money or something. This deer doesn't even know I exist, but damn it, it's on. Yeah, the more he messes around, the more he's going to find out. That's that's what I'm saying. Um, I did want to give you guys a little insight into kind of what we're thinking for the podcast this year. Uh, we do. We want to get more regiment on the podcast. We want to get a little more focused on the series that we do. So I think we're going to start breaking it down into somewhat of a four week series. It might be four weeks, it might be three, it might be six. But um, regardless, we're going to start taking the season um, in series. And the one that's going to be coming up the quickest is going to be uh, I don't know if we have an official name for it yet, but I've been calling it like successful seasons. So. Interviewing folks that have had a fantastic season, are absolute killers, and digging in some of the tips tips and tactics um, from those folks on what makes them consistently successful. So we're going to do that and try to get on some big names. Um, we've already booked Joe Miles, which if you guys know him from Osseo Gear, super cool dude. Also, probably one of the best bow hunters on the planet. He's just a straight up killer. I think he killed in like five or six different states this year. So we're going to start. Up in the quality of the guests that we're bringing on the pod because. Are you saying the other guests weren't quality? Well, we were the other guests like okay. 70% <laughs> of the time. <laughs> no disrespect to the guests we've had on before, but um, we have been 70% of the show and we want to kind of diversify and bring you guys some more value by uh, bringing in some different folks. So stay tuned for that. That is coming. Uh, we're booking a lot of folks now.
1: Also, uh- I don't know if you explained this or not, but like different kind of, kind of like what you said, like this, this series is going to be successful seasons or whatever you called it. And, you know, the next one might be a series about, you know, getting started into filming. And the next one might be about shed hunting, like along those lines or summer scouting. But if you all have any ideas on what you would want to hear, like, Hey, I want a series about this. Feel free to shoot us a message because, in all honesty, like if you if you message us something and as long as it's worth the hoot, like we'd be like, Oh yeah, you know, that is a good idea. And that would just kind of excite us a little bit more.
0: Yeah. And if you see a series or you hear of a series and you say, Hey, I think X person would be a fantastic guest. Ooh, and good. I love when I hear them talk about summer scouting or postseason scouting or shed hunting, whatever it is, if you have people that you think would be a great guest and you think that we could get something, uh, some a great podcast with. Like Jake said, shoot us a message and we are happy to reach out to those folks and try to get them on the pod. So, um, that's a little housekeeping. We got a new video up on YouTube. If you guys want to go check that out. Um, it's a graphic. It actually is. It's 4k, um, blasting some late season deer, uh, with a little behind the shot pass through angle, which I do say so myself with some of my better work on the, on the second angle. So, that's up on YouTube. Go check it out. A lot of damage is done there. A lot of damage is done. I thought. Uh, <laughs> I thought my using my thumb button release, I just sucked really bad, and you know they weren't my best shots in the world. But um, let's just say, deer in the late season are spooky. They are jumpy. For good reason. Yeah, you're gonna have to go check out the. The video to see that but anyways go check us out shoot us a message on instagram uh hunters underscore advantage i believe is what our uh our instagram is if you guys want to go tell us who you want to see on the series um check us out on tiktok youtube subscribe oh and by the way there was a rating yeah five star rating interview if you can that's what i was going to get to um we have we had a guy the other day message us on Instagram. And he said, Hey, you always ask for podcast reviews and you always ask for Apple or Spotify. He said, I was going to leave you review, but you didn't ask for Google. So I'm not Mm. going to. (laughs) (laughs) So that's awesome. If you're listening, um, this is me asking for a Google review. All platforms. Yeah, please. Please. Oh, his name is, um, let me check it out right quick. Oh, tenure. he doesn't even have a name on his profile. Calling his name out. is, is Moo Boy for he sent me a big picture of a Sounds like it's central, in Kansas. Yeah, central Illinois. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, he sent me a picture of like a freaking mid-160s deal that okay. somebody shot. But anyways, give us a rating or review if you enjoyed it. Five stars, please.
1: It sounds like me and Moo Boy could be pretty good friends. You know, if he if he's shooting 160s, I want to shoot a 160. So, you know, we can make this
0: work. Our interests are aligned. <laughs> best friends yep. yeah so do a lot of stuff and we'll catch you guys in the next episode appreciate it Jesus, Bye. Love you. thank you guys so much for checking out the hunters advantage podcast if you enjoyed the episode make sure to leave us a rating and review on apple podcast spotify youtube or wherever you listen to the podcast thank you guys so much and we'll see you in the next episode